Hello everybody, you are listening to the Rumor Roy podcast. We hope your week has been great. You're surviving MCO and all things related that too. Uh, last week, we did part one of a Q&A where you took over the episode and we answered your questions, myself and my brother. Uh, if you enjoyed the weirdness that ensued, um, well, I expect more of it. Uh, so we hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, yeah, and if you're liking this format, do let us know and maybe we'll do more. Uh, enjoy. What's wrong with the world, mama? People You're living, living like they ain't got, got no mamas. I think the whole world's addicted to the drama. Only attracted to the things that bring you trauma. Overseas, yeah, we're trying to stop terrorism. But we still got terrorists here, here living. living. In the USA, in the big CIA, the, the Bloods and the Crips and the KKK. <laughs> okay, next question. So these are all the random questions, lah. And there's quite a few, but yeah, I don't know how to group them. Number one, why do non-Bumi young people still have hope in Malaysia despite it being horrible? You're too far from the mic, dude. <laughs> I said this is an interesting one while grabbing my coffee. What's your thoughts? Um, so what's the question again? Just repeat it. I want to get the words right. Why do non-Bumi young people still have hope in Malaysia despite it being horrible? Look, let's get this fact. Malaysia is a beautiful country. Yeah. By every stretch of the… Every measure. You know, no matter what it is, even if you look at it objectively, relatively, it's a beautiful country. We have beautiful people. We have beautiful landscapes. Beautiful weather. Um… And if that is not enough reason to love it, then so be it. But I think that is enough grounds for someone to love the country. Whether you're Bumi or not. But from a non-Bumi perspective, I think the... the I wouldn't say oppression, but maybe injustice that sometimes you may feel may take away some of that or blind you, put blinders on and disillusion you to the beauty that is all around you. You know, and I think that's what is affecting people. But the fact of the matter is, if you take the blinders off, take a very objective look at the country and what you see around you, I think you will find a very amazing country. Yeah. I think so. And I believe it with my whole heart. You know, I've traveled all over the country, seen all parts of it, met all parts of people from all parts of Malaysia, and I only see beauty. Yeah. I mean, for me, I think it's just as simple as this is our home. There's nothing else we know as our home, right? We can't go back to India. We can't go to... I mean, we could like migrate, I suppose, but... Man, but I have, we have visited India and, it, and yeah. it's not enjoyable. I mean, we, we're just not those people. Yeah, yeah. And even if we were to migrate, if we would be in a foreign country. It would never be home. Yeah. You know, it's not as much of why do you still have hope? This is home for us. Yeah. And, you know, even if it's a, a, not an ideal home, we still want to improve it or, or, or try and make it the best version it could be. Yeah. And the ironic thing is, I know we're not all students of history, but students of history and people who enjoy it, read about these revolutionary ages when there was profound growth and change in any society or civilization. We, you know, one of the most important periods of American history is the revolution, the 1776 um, mm. independence. Yeah. And, you know, what would... Where the Americans 
fought the British, British for independence. For independence, right? And what wouldn't any American give to live through that time? Mm. Right? Even if you're enjoying all of these luxuries of the modern world, what would you do? What you know, you'd be willing to give up a lot to relive that moment and be a part of that movement. Mm. I would. I mean, it'd be just amazing to like witness all of that mm. and be a part of that amazing thing that just shaped shaped the whole world mm. and had ripples forever. And I see Malaysia as the same, to be honest. We are, of course, not a perfect country. We are growing. And yeah, you look across the, the, the border and you see so much prosperity and economic growth and civilization and you envy it. That's fine. That's probably what the Americans in 1776 felt when they looked at England, mm. right? It was this epitome of civilization. Um, but you have to make a choice. Do you want to be there enjoying the fruits of someone else's labor? Or do you want to be planting the seeds for generations of people to enjoy? Mm. You know, I find that seed planting a lot more exciting from a, to, 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 as an as a assessment of how I want to live my life. Yeah. yeah. And I think when we view things as well, we can't just view it from the negatives, but we also have to look at the positives. So we don't only look at the things that we've suffered or the setbacks, but we also look at the things that we've gained and the things that we've learned. And uh, I think you have to weigh it la, on, a, on a scale. And I think for us, we just feel that the things that we have gained, the people we've met, the yeah. communities that we are in, yeah. trump or outweigh yeah. the maybe the oppressions that we face as well to some yeah. extent. I mean, you've spent a considerable amount of time living in the UK. Mm. I spent a much shorter amount of time living in the US. Mm. Um, and I think our experience was the same in that they were both amazing countries. Definitely. You know, there was so much to be in awe about or with. And so much to be impressed by. But the only thought I had was like, okay, great. How can I make Malaysia share in some of this goodness? You know, what areas of Malaysia can I personally contribute to to bring us closer to that? But at the same time, what do I need to be cautious about in my own country that it doesn't become like this? You know, and this was most apparent like when I was in the US with the Black Lives Matter. Mm. There was so much racial tension. Mm. And I was like, shit, man, you know, we've got to be on guard. Mm. We've got to watch ourselves because we're not far from this. Because mm. there no, there's no, no big Negro population in Malaysia, but we have racial tensions yeah. that can very easily just tip over. Definitely, definitely. Great. That's a good question. Um, there's another one by the same person saying governance, but I'm not sure what that means. So I think we'll skip that. <laughs> uh, next one by another person is financial literacy. Ah, this is an exciting one. Mm. My girlfriend Brenda would say I talk too much about this because I'm constantly like... Yeah, go for it. I don't have much to say about this. Lot. I mean, I'm not an expert, but I do give... I do think about this. I, I'm surrounded by a lot of people who think a lot about this. I think that's that's a good way. Thankfully, the people I hung out with in the gym when I was in uni were all accountants accounting degree majors and they're all, they've all moved on to become financial planners um, about insurance from, from one of them. And um, yeah, I think it's a really important aspect of life. And if you figure it out early enough, it really releases a lot of stress in the future. So some of the best financial advice that I've kind of made my philosophy, and I think it's important to have financial philosophies. And I think a lot of problems come from the fact that you don't have a philosophy of how you handle your money. Uh, one of my financial philosophies for the long term is that investments is always going to be part of my life. Like there isn't, 
I don't intend for that to ever be a point in my time when I'm not investing uh, actively. Uh, second thing is I've made a philosophy, made it a philosophy that I will track every expenditure. Um, and the philosophy here is just knowing exactly where my money is going and coming from at all times. Even if it's down to buying bread. You know, two ringgit, three ringgit. I took seven ringgit from your wallet just now to buy bread. Damn you. <laughs> <laughs> Those kind of things need to be tracked. <laughs> anyway, um, I would highly recommend this to anyone. Like track your spending. Every single expenditure. Even if it's painful. Because sometimes tracking expenditure is painful and we don't do it because we want to avoid it. But it's the most powerful thing you could do. Um to control your money. And uh, the third thing, which is more long-term, but I found it like just amazing advice and I don't know why people don't, didn't think about it sooner. But I know of a couple who, a couple, like a married couple who told me that they they live um, on one person's salary. Yeah, yeah. I heard it on uh, the radio before. That's becoming less popular these days. You know, because, because it's a bit more difficult. Yeah. Expenses have I gone mean, up. I think because our lifestyle has inflated. Sure. Um, yeah, of course. You know, on a normal normal graduate's early to like late twenties person salary, it's unlikely that you can support a family. Mm. But as you move up in your career and you play your cards right, mm. you might be you should be in the ten to fifteen k month kind of salary range, mm. I guess. I mean, this is really bad generalization now, but if you can get to that bracket, then you can definitely have a family comfortably. 10 to 15k a month, I think. And also managing your expectations. La. Maybe yeah, exactly. having lesser, yeah. even though it's a bit more So painful. like the person I spoke to um, who told me this actually has a really good job. But they live a very simple life. Like no fancy cars at all. You know, One of them drives a MyV, the other drives a, uh, a really good Serena, a Nissan Serena. Is it Nissan? I think so. It's, a, it's like a van. Mm. Um, just, you know, everything is practical. Everything is functional. Everything that fulfills its purpose. If there's no need for luxury, then they peel back on it. Lah. You know, not a massive house and all that. Um, but because of those those decisions and that philosophy, they're able to just not worry or stress about money. Because there's literally one other person's income that is not being touched to survive. Right, so that other income can hundred percent be used for investment, savings, traveling, and just rainy day kind of money. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was brilliant. And honestly, it's something I would be aiming towards for my for myself in long term. Great, great. Anything else? No. Okay. Next one then. <clears throat> um. Let's see. What do you think about hate comments? Do you get hate comments? On what? Like, I, I'm not big enough for figure anywhere to get hate comments. <laughs> Are you? I don't get hate comments. <laughs> you uh, don't? No, I don't get hate Rumai comments. Roy has no haters? No, our following is not big enough to have haters. <laughs> so far, it's that it's the sweet spot where everyone likes us. <laughs> um, but in general, I guess, I you could draw a distinction between like real hate, like vindictive yeah. like a vindictive type of hate and you could make a distinction with trolling. Uh, I mean, there is a case to be made that sometimes we take ourselves a little bit too seriously and so a good troll is sometimes fine and it's healthy. Uh, but of course, you know, hate is never good and I mean, if it troubles you, just turn it off. Yeah. Delete the comment. Yeah. You, you know, sometimes it's cyberbullying but you know, there's a lot of power. You can always block that person off and… Yeah. I mean, the closest thing I've gone… I mean, I'm not a keyboard warrior by any, and I try to my best to avoid being in those kind of situations. 
But I remember once when I was in high school, um, I remember sharing a story or a post about um, a beggar that I saw. I, I okay, this is gonna be a bit of a tangent, but mm. I was I was giving out cakes that I had baked in Brickfields, mm. and we came across a beggar who, at the time, a homeless man who could not take the cakes that we gave him because he had stomach issues. Um, and so I wrote this post kind of reflecting and asking myself, you know, what could I have done to help this guy? Because even food is not something I can give to him. Um, what can a person do? And I concluded, maybe rightly or wrongly, that the only thing I can do is pray for him. Mm. Right? And I had a, a friend who was obviously atheist in high school and he got really upset by my, you know, by my conclusion. You know, how can you say just just pray for him. Mm. There's so much more that needs to be done for this guy. Uh, and he basically started just attacking my faith mm. uh, and kind of using me as a conduit to ex- attack the people of faith as a whole. Because you know, we tend to just relegate issues to spiritual problems and pray about it. Yeah, I think, yeah, I get what you're saying. Like yeah. sometimes it's the phrase, uh, just pray about it, is yeah. used to superfluously yes, yeah too loosely yeah it loses meaning it, it, it connotates inaction yep yep but it sounds like in your situation you had done all that you could do to help and any person who is experienced in a real world would know that there's only so much you can do yeah and there comes a point where you just have to let go yeah because you've done your best la. yeah and I guess that's what you mean la. yeah uh, Um. so I mean but the question's on hate how do you deal with it I was in high school then, so I couldn't deal with it very well. Obviously, it shook me mm. when someone would publicly like kind of attack me personally. Um, but, um, you know, the thing about it was looking back now, I think it could have been, it would have been so easy to just laugh it off. Yeah. It would have been so easy to just ignore the guy. Yeah. Actually, okay, if you talk about hate comments, right, like, I, I had in my mind it was like social media, but n- not necessarily. It could be in your own life. Right. Like hateful comments in your own life. Right. And so I think like, because for me, social media, I've never, I've gotten into many debates on, on social media, stupidly yeah. lah, right? Yeah. Uh, but they've never been hateful. They've always been, they've been charged. Destructive, yeah. They've been charged, but never hateful. Yeah. Because I wouldn't allow it to become hateful lah. Yeah. But I've had like, you know, like, and I think one of the, because uh, I was talking to Jenna, because Jenna, she was saying that she would want to hear my thoughts on because I'm like overweight, right? Mm. My thoughts on on self-image and things like that. Mm. So I have had a lot of comments about my weight though. Mm. From mm. many, many people throughout, you know, my whole life. Mm. And some of them have been quite bad. Mm. Like some of them have been quite hurtful. Mm. And so like, that's interesting though. That I think similar to you, I wouldn't know. I so many times didn't know how to deal with it. Yeah. So a lot of times you just shrug it off and you yeah. just like move forward. But maybe it needed to be addressed or dealt with. Yeah. Maybe recognizing how you feel mm. and addressing it, not being afraid to deal with it. Mm. Yeah, those, those are things. I mean, the question is, to what extent do you internalize their comment? Yeah. And to what extent do you just say like, that guy's being ridiculous? Yeah. Because there is constructive feedback. Yeah. And then there's, that's not so much constructive as it is just mean or yeah. hurtful and it doesn't come from a good place. Yeah, maybe yeah, maybe you can you can draw the line at hurtful words. Yeah. I know people have spoken to me about my weight and I can tell when it comes from a good place. Yeah. And I know when it comes from a bad place. Yeah. And you can know the when it's coming from a bad place in the way it's done. Yeah. 
the setting. Yeah. And you can like, you ask yourself, you know, what are we trying to accomplish? Yeah. Right? So, I think those are good good things to look yeah. at. Yeah. And, look, we live in an age when people are educated. Yeah. And you are, expe- I think anyone is expected that if you are dealing with an issue that is sensitive, to be smart about it. Mm. You know, not to be crass and aggressive or mm. rough. Because you, you should know what are sensitive issues to people. Like, mm. you can't just, if you know, if you have a friend who came from a broken family, you don't just joke about his parents. Yeah. Unless you know the person really, really well that you can lah. But if you didn't, obviously you approach any kind of topic around his parents or her parents with some tact and yeah. some thought, right? Because we, we are a generation that was exposed to these things and you're just expected to behave in a, in a way that is, is polite. Yeah, but that being said, you can't control other people and how yeah. they are going to behave, right? Yeah. So you can only control yourself Your and the way you respond. Yeah. And so sometimes when negativi- negativity hits you, you have to be, be just prepared to push back. La. Like, yeah. like, I think coming back to that thing, la, you, you can accept constructive feedback. Yeah. But if you know it's Draw not the constructive, yeah. then don't let that thing define you. Yeah. You don't have to be defined by a person's version of you. Yeah. You know, looking people's opinions are helpful and constructive in kind of building your own perception of yourself yeah but it has to be your own perception of yourself you yeah. can't be looking at other people yeah you can't adopt I think other you are good views. in that sense like if someone like now like if someone tells you something that you genuinely don't believe is true about yourself mm. you tell them that mm. you tell them like you push back and say look I don't think you understand this about me and then you try and explain mm. uh, like you know, give more context about what you do yeah. that they may not know. Yeah, about. but it's also because I I have made, made it a, my mission to understand myself as best as I can. Yeah. It comes with a lot of self-understanding yeah. la, that you can tell the person confidently that you got me wrong or you don't understand me well. Mm. Interesting. It's a great question. Surprising that we went there. Mm. When do you feel like you're most in tune with yourself? Your realest self? Poof. This is from Vidya Bharatan. In tune with myself. I'm guessing she means like just not having any facades or yeah. masks on. Definitely not on this podcast. <laughs> 100%. To me, on, and I thought about this and I'm honestly and genuinely I'm saying this, the only time I've ever felt like I, because I, when I did it, it's more like when do you feel most at peace, right? Mm. It's church. Mass. Mm. Not all the time. Mm. Not all the time. And then Again, by no means am I a holy person. Mm. Far, 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 <laughs> far from it. Mm. Right? And I don't mean this in like a... I'm trying to be humble. Mm. I am really a sinner of sinners, right? Mm. But honestly, the peace that you... I've had in certain moments in my life at Mass is something I just can't compare to. Mm. And I, I guess it might be similar for people of different faiths. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah, but it's the most... It's a type of piece that I really just can't explain now. For me. You know, I... I Maybe I need to give this a bit more thought, but... I'm still learning so much about myself. And different people bring out different sides of me. And the people who have known me all this while are also continuously seeing new sides of me that... No, you have seen new sides of me that... You, was probably not there five years ago. Uh, I know my girlfriend tells me all the time that I'm not the same person that she met. You know, a lot about me has changed. A lot about me is the same, but I, you know, there's a lot that has changed. Of course, you know, it's my twenties. 
Um, and so, I, I don't think I'll ever know if I'm in my truest self. To an extent, you could, you know, I, I don't even know if I'm pretending myself. I'm, I'm deceiving myself of who I am. I'm telling myself I'm this person uh, when I'm actually not. Hmm. I will never know the answer to that. Maybe it'll take a lot more. You, I mean, never is a strong word. Like yeah, you yeah. Will, yeah. At some point, self-reflection definitely. Yeah, but um, what was the second part of her question? There was a second. Most at peace, was it? Um, hold on now. When do you feel like you're most in tune with yourself? Your realest self. Hmm. I mean, I think it's... This is a tough one, man. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, Vidya. Vidya. <laughs> um, Honestly, I don't know. Different people bring out different sides of me. Mm. And I know that. Like, I'm a very different person when I'm with family. I'm a very different person when I'm Is with there, friends. When, when are you most authentic, do you think? I think Brenda's seen my most authentic self. Mm. My girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Because she's seen a mix of like, when I'm with her, I'm mm. kind of responsible. Like, I am try to be with family. Yeah. But I'm also playful like I am as a child. And also maybe selfish in a way that you're not with family. Yeah. yeah. There's a particular thing that romantic relations relationships bring yeah. out yeah. that you won't necessarily yeah. deal with in like, like a family. I won't kind of throw a fit to my family. Yeah. My mom and dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I would would throw a fit to Brenda. Yeah. Just because she's my peer and yeah. you know, times, sometimes she's a punching bag which is bad. Yeah. But just ha- tends to be that way. Um, yeah. But I, even that, I think Brenda's not seen all parts of me. Um, so, yeah, Vidya, it's a process of discovery. Um, but definitely having people who accept you for whatever it is you are and whatever it is you're becoming helps tremendously. That you don't have to pretend to be something else. You just be whoever you are at the moment. And if that is different today or yesterday or tomorrow, then that's fine. Yeah. Great. Next question. Okay. Song recommendations. Ooh, dang. Actually, this is a good one. I'm listening to this incredible band at the moment. One of the best bands I've heard in years. Uh, and they're new. Well, relatively, they're only about two years old. Um, eight, no, seven out of the eight members of this band attended Brown. Oh, right. Right about the time when I was there. Sure. So maybe that's why I like them as well. Um, the, the band's called Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a number of amazing songs. I would recommend The Weather. I uh, recommend um, Many More. As in the title of the song is Many More. Uh, but no, just check out all their music. It's just wonderful. Mm. I, I've been listening to uh, a bit of... Okay, I recommend two. One is, I think Justin Bieber lately has been on fire. You mean the songs he do not write? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he does I mean, not he write. co-writes that technically, but the degree of his writing is questionable. Like. <laughs> but like his songs like are Lonely, Holy, even Monster. I think they're, they're really, really good. Like really, really self-reflective, uh, good good tunes. And he's like, I think I was talking to Christian about the the writers on these songs. Yeah. It's crazy. Like John Bellion, yeah. uh, um, uh, Phineas. Yeah. These are the songwriters on these songs. And I think they're, they're really well written. Yeah. Really good. That's one. I also recommend uh, um, 
album, uh, uh, Elton John album. Mm, uh, the remix. The remix. The, uh, the remake of it. Yeah, it's a bit old. I think it came out a few years ago. But yeah. I've been listening to that quite a bit as well. And yeah. you have like people who have covered Elton John songs like... Uh, it's basically Mom- a whole album of Elton John covers. Yeah, so it's like Mumford and Sons, The Killers, mm. Logic. Alicia uh, Cara. Yeah. Ed Sheeran. I think Lady Gaga. So, so the album is really, really good and kind of... Uh, I'm trying to get the name of the album actually. Yeah, I can't remember what it's called. But anyway... So, I would recommend that. Let's go to the next question. Please do... Oh, shoot. Please do that one on existential crisis you planned in the last wrap-up. Ha, ha, ha. I mean, that's a... I think we can't do that because that's a one by itself. And I think you'll want to have Jeremy's thoughts yeah. as well so yeah I'm not the right person for that yeah so we'll leave that mm. if you could have any superpowers what would it be mm. right now teleportation man <laughs> just wanna <laughs> travel under the radar yeah, yeah. get past immigration you know what I would have what healing just heal COVID <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> Can I, you imagine having to like lay your hands <laughs> on like 7 billion people? <laughs> how much, like vaccination is taking months. <laughs> Can you imagine how much time it'll take for you to yeah, lay your hands on 7 dep, billion dep, people? Dep, dep. <laughs> That'd be crazy. Okay, next question. Tell us, oh, this is interesting. Tell us three criteria of a woman you would want. Um, well, you already have, but I I guess you still have. What were you looking want. for? What were you looking for? Well, uh, has it changed from <laughs> from what when you what you're looking for when you first started dating and what you're looking for now? See, I shouldn't be looking now. I mean, I mean okay, let's let's say no. Like what I mean is what I what you I thought see. was important. All oh, right, when you first got into a relationship, and now has it changed? Like maybe when you first got into a relationship, for you a big thing was like talking every day or mm. having that contact. And then now, uh, what, seven years? Five years. Five years down the road, you're like, oh yeah, that's not important. What's important mm. is whatever, honesty or whatever. No, I don't think it's changed a lot actually. I think a lot of the things I thought were important then are important now. Uh, are still important now. If anything, I've learned like more, more things are important that I didn't think was so important. Um, like, um, you know, family relationships. You know, I didn't think it was important then to not only see the person for her, but also the family that is around her. Like, mm. understanding them, their dynamics, whether I would fit into that. You know, how would I be involved in that, that dynamic? Maybe that's taking it a bit too far. But I think there are major consequences when you overlook it, especially when with families that are tight knit. Mm. Um, it because ultimately you cannot separate the two, right? So now I'm learning to, you know, whenever Brenda discusses um, her family, or uh, you know, I I try to take more interest in understanding who her uncles are, who her aunts are, um, because ultimately they are all very close and they all matter to her and by extension, they should matter to me as well. Mm. And 
problems they may have should be my problems too. Uh, should be things I care about. So yeah, I think that's one part that's kind of increased as the relationship becomes more serious, I guess. Um, but the question was what to look for in a girl, right? Mm, three things. Three things. You go first. Uh, I have four though. Yeah, go for it. Lah. Kind, funny, beautiful, steady. These are my four. Like uncompromisable must-haves. Not really. Nothing is ever uncompromisable. Yeah, I think when... I mean, it hasn't changed. So I can give you the ones that I had pre-Brenda. Which was um, sharing my value systems. That was kind of must very, very important. Uh, One thing that was very important for me is being able to talk forever. Mm. Like we should be able to talk forever and not like run dry. In fact, you should feel more kind of engaged after the conversation to have the next conversation. Mm. That was very important. Still is. Uh, and just, yeah, steady. Just solid commitment. Mm. I I just don't want to be in a place of having to question yeah. the relationship. Um, I don't think it's productive. I don't think it's a good use of time. Uh, and so I didn't want to get into a relationship that I, that would like throw me around the the bush all the time and rock me over and mm-hmm. throw chaos into my life. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Yeah, great. Okay, next one. This is a good one though because yeah, it's interesting. Logic. This is from Andre. Logical versus feeling. Go. I don't know whether it's true. Do you feel like you're more logical and I'm more feeling? In general, people think we are both logical. Yeah. Okay, I think I tend to be driven. I'm more emotional. No, I think I I feel more... I don't know, man. It's tough. I just think you react to your emotions a bit more than I do. Yeah, that's why I say you're more logical. No, but I still... I still feel a lot. Yeah, yeah. You do, you do. It's just that I take a step back from it and kind of detach. Yeah, that's it. why I feel like you're... But I've... Yeah, that's why I've always felt that you are more scary than me. Because you keep it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas yeah. I, for me, I let it out. Yeah. And then after that, I'm okay. Yeah. Right? Yeah, uh, so... I think if you knew the both of us, you'd say... You'd say that... You think we're more logical. Yeah, we're more logical. But you would say, like, from a general sense, or Christian's kind of like non-emotions. Yeah, yeah. And Roshan has a bit more... He's yeah. more expressive when he speaks. There's more... Yeah. There's more um, passion and feeling in the in the speech, yeah, yeah. but I think we're both actually quite emo- like in tune with our emotions. Yeah. It's just that we approach them differently. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, so in that sense, I think I tend to come off as a bit more logical yeah. because I kind of choose to detach myself from the emotions. Yeah, and I think our answer to this question is going to be similar. Like, you need a, a mixture of both. Yeah. you can't be too logical or you can't be yeah. too emotional. Yeah. You know, there's the famous uh, what uh, analogy of the charioteer. Yeah. You know, you need the, the if the horses are your emotions, you need it to drive yeah. the right. The you need to drive the chariot. Your emotions drive the chariot, right? Mm. And the charioteer makes sure that you don't drive. You don't go ra- off the course. Go off a cliff. Mm. You know, so and that would be your mind, lah. So you need your mind and heart yeah. both to work in tandem. Yeah. In fact, the journey of being you a human being to. is 
matching and meeting yeah. your mind and your heart. Yeah. You know, and figuring it. And the truth is always somewhere in the middle. Yeah. I think it's a, yeah, it's one of those things that you consciously have to navigate. Like, to understand when it is, when you're driven by impulse and emotion mm. and to understand when you are, when logic needs to be detached a bit and you need to act on the impulse. Yeah, I think as human beings, we are all called to be mature. Yeah. And being mature means being able to know when to oscillate between yeah. are you thinking too much or feeling too much and you're just rotating between that. Yeah. Yeah. Never being too emotional never being too logical. There are times to be logical. Mm. There are times to be emotional. Mm. And the maturity is knowing when to be each mm. or when to use both. Mm. Right? That, that's mm. the, the maturity. Mm. Great. Dang, I think Andre's going to be disappointed with the answer. Yeah. That's too bad, sick. Andre. I don't like Andre anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the other day we had uh, Sunday school catechism. And so me and Andre teach in the same class, 15 year olds. So it's our first class and then Andre is like, going through the attendance, then he's like, without any like, like self-awareness and how funny this was, he was like, Noob Master 69, can you please put your real name? Noob Master 69, can you please put your real name? <laughs> oh man, it was so funny. <laughs> Were the other students not laughing? I don't know because at that time the screens were still uh, off. (laughs) I was laughing though. Okay, next one. Is Christian at home? I'm up for another one with him if you have me. Oh, that's fucking... Yeah, we'll see, man. We'll see. Fucking... Does the afterlife exist? This is from Iru. Actually, Fakihin and I had a conversation about the afterlife before. Really? It's one of the few conversations I remember having with... Okay, it wasn't conversation. He basically said, I don't know how we got into the topic of atheism. And yeah. said, bro, very easy. You want to you, you wanna ask someone if they're atheist or not? Simple. Ask them whether they believe they will go anywhere after they die. Mm. If they truly believe with every fiber of their being that when you die, you just die, then they're atheist. That's, I think that's a fair statement though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, it's quite hard for people to say with every fiber of their being that when you die, you just die. Because the human mind cannot fathom such a thing. You know? <laughs> we... It, have you tried? I've I've tried and it's truly it's hard. It's truly frightening. Yeah, it's, it's so truly frightening. Yeah, it's one of the scariest things to think about. Yeah, when you just this is one of my fun, not fun lah, but I love this thought experiment. About, it's dark, man. Yeah, yeah. It's such a it no, but then can, you feel like how do people not realize this fear? Has people not? Or how do you deal with it? How yeah. do you reconcile this with yeah. your life? That one day you're just you're gonna not exist. You see, even when I say it now, I don't feel it, but. The, there's times where I can really feel it, you know, like I feel it like I'm just going to be dust one day. Yeah. Nothingness. Not, nothing. Like yeah. One day I'm going to be on a bed, I'm going to be old and I'm going to breathe my last breath Yeah. and then it's going to be nothing. Yeah. It's crazy. It's a very scary idea. Actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. If if you haven't realized already, <laughs> I, I'm a fervent advocate of, advocate <laughs> of the afterlife. <laughs> the alternative is just way, way, way. Uh, too depressing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it would mean a lot of nothing matters, you know. Man, can you, it would change the way I live my life today. <laughs> yeah, everything would be meaningless. Yeah. Like if if maybe you know, I mean maybe you can you know on a deathbed you're gonna go to dust but you can reflect on the fact that you've left a legacy. No, but again, right? Like but what would that legacy no, mean? We know as a matter of fact that even right now. Our galaxy is en route to 
collide with the Andromeda galaxy. Yeah. Even if we survive lah. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Every environmental disaster, every plague, if we survive everything, these galaxies are going to crash into one another. Mm. Everything's going to be destroyed. Mm. Okay, like maybe Musk, Elon Musk will save us and get mm. us somewhere safe. Fair enough. But if let's say that's not the case, right? And mm. our galaxies, we don't, we are unable to transport outside of our galaxy. Mm. Our galaxy is going to be destroyed. Mm. Everything's going to be destroyed. Then what was the point of anything? Mm. There is ultimately no legacy left. Because mm. everything will just be nothing. Gone. Yeah. Fun times, guys. <laughs> Fun times. <laughs> okay, next question. Anything you want to add to that? No, man. I don't <laughs> want to dwell on this too long. How the same person asks, how do you boost engagement in social media posts? <laughs> what is going on in your mind? Giru. <laughs> is there like a cold? She's a really talented artist, you know. That's why lah. Uh, probably. You just jump from <laughs> You think life. about think about like the inspirations hmm. to your art, then after that you you alternate to like how do I get people to <laughs> to subscribe to my art? Uh hey, you're you're quite a talented guy. This, you know, you run a well, social media campaign. I mean, we, we don't have a big following. We are not like Ming Ting or Jinin Boy or whatever, but we have a small kind of uh, niche crowd. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I've, I mean, I've been learning more about social media through the podcast. Yeah. So like, you know, simple things like, actually it all boils down to engagement. Lah. You know, as long as people are engaging with your content, uh, you're going to build a following. But if you are just like liking things and following things for the sake of building numbers, it's not going to translate to engagement. Yeah. And how do you engage people? That's the million dollar question. That's what I'm trying to figure out. You know, maybe just try and create content that you like yeah. watching. Or I mean, at the end to. of the day, content is king. La. Yeah. And we're moving into an age where people are so hungry for content. Yeah. Um, and and at the same time, so flooded with content. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just never going to be enough. Mm. It's never going to be enough. Because... You know, what's viral today will be forgotten tomorrow. It's just gone. Yeah. Sometimes it's crazy, right? You could take a year to do a song yeah. and someone listens to it in four minutes and then they just move to the next one. Yeah. It's insane. Uh, next one. Why the typo? Okay, this person is talking about our post where we asked for the questions there was actually a typo on it. Right. So we apologize for that. But you know, it had already been posted. We, re- we realized there was a typo like three minutes after we posted. But there were questions. There were already questions. Yeah. And you're like, ah oh, man, people already liked it. And then, yeah. Let's just embrace our flaws. Back up, man. Back up. Let's embrace our flaws. Next one. Okay, these are some interesting questions. Um, how far does looks and money give you an advantage in life? Oh, I've been thinking about this for some reason. I don't know why. I have. Especially in the looks part. I was like, this is such a... There must be an inherent bias for good-looking people. In for the sure. There must be. For sure. That's really unfair. It's completely out of anyone's control. Because it's not based on merit. Lah. Yeah. And there are, we know this, there are features that are just, that make people good looking. That's yeah, completely symmetry. Of, and yeah, symmetry, like uh, chiseled chin, uh, high nose, um, fair skin, certain kind of hair. There are genetic features that make people attractive, mm. right? Um and no matter how buff or fit you might be, sometimes you just not, you don't have the features to make you good looking. So, well, no, but if you're really fit though, I think it it, it goes to the 
even if you could have like really drab face, yeah, I'm trying to say it in the nicest way possible. Even if you're very, even drab, if you're ugly, <laughs> even if you're ugly, <laughs> but you're fit. Yeah, that's uh, one really big pull factor, lah. That goes to um, a positive looks. Yeah, yeah. That goes to looks. Yeah. So okay, maybe that's within your control, lah. Mm. Um. So yes, so humans are biased, lah. Yeah. It's really sad. The short answer to your question is, money, looks, yes, definitely. Yeah, hundred percent. But of course, it's not the only thing. Yeah, you could have money and looks, but if you have a bad attitude, yeah, that thing will you you you're not going to be successful. You'll have a lot of short term success. Mm. I think you know you'll get a really good relationship but mess it up. Yeah. You might get a really good job but mess it up. Yeah, or even if you're in a position where uh, the system is set up for you to prop mm. you up, like let's say you're in a family company. Yeah, and so by virtue of your inheritance, you're the leader. That company. If you don't have smarts, don't have talent and attitude, positive attitude, you'll still be in that job, but you won't have any respect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So have you have people talking behind your back about how you suck? Yeah, yeah. So it does help, but if you have a good attitude, good looks, and money, life is set. Yeah, you can go a real, you yeah. can go really far, lah. Yeah. But always remember that looks deteriorate. Yeah. Looks deteriorate. Yeah, look, I mean, we're talking about all of this, but I think it. Everyone has to caution against playing the victim and saying like, "Oh, life has handed me a bad hand of cards." Yep. Because you have no money, maybe you feel you don't, you aren't good looking, and therefore you are validated for feeling like a loser, and therefore you justify why you don't achieve as much as other people do. Mm. That's not the route to take. Because uglier people with less money than you have made it in life, have succeeded, hmm. uh, and wherever. So I, especially today, like the world is so democratized that anyone can be successful hmm. if you work hard enough. Hmm. Um, I'm not uh, well. Anyone is a bit of a stretch. There are places where like some real oppression lives. There are real. Handicaps, yeah. But in general, in general, you can make a. This a is the most democratized we've ever been as a planet, um. And so, if you are a normal guy, just maybe you know, you have everything that another human has, just that you do not have money and you're not considered good looking. There are there's heaps of ways you can still be successful. So many, yeah. And just like if you have, <clears throat> if one of your senses are not functioning, like yeah. if you're blind or if you're deaf. Yeah. Your other senses sharpen heighten. and yeah. heighten. Yeah. In a similar way, if you're missing out, the world is fair, lah. Yeah. If you're, for example, not so good looking, or maybe you're really heavy or big set or whatever, yeah. You tend to become like really, really funny or really, really sharp or really, really really warm, really good with people. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, things balance out as well, lah. Right. Yeah. I guess the only problem is more if you have a victim mindset or you have like an ego mindset. Yeah. And you're not open to like. Developing and changing and challenging yourself. Yeah. We have really conservative views of the world. Uh, you think about it, like the f- you know the fact that we're taking this road of like, you are your own problem, mm. and it's not the outside that's putting you in that problem. That's a very conservative. But that's also because that's the way we. And the thing is, I mean, we are privileged in inverted commas, right? Mm. But we are also. That's the thing. We are a bit. We've gone through a lot. Like we've gone, we've we've we are a middle class family. We've gotten a lot of things like a good education. Yeah. Um. We've got 
parents who raised us well. Yeah. But at the same time, we've had financial struggles. Mm-hmm. And we've also, both of us, has had to fight for what we wanted. Yeah. Like, nothing was handed. Not, on, yeah, nothing was handed. When we went to study, we studied hard because we recognized that a lot was given and it was not given easily to us. Yeah. You know, and there would no there wouldn't be a second chance. Yeah. It was do or die, right? Yeah. And those things I think we recognize made us who we are. And they've given us skills in our own personal and work lives that have, have been very useful. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Okay, next question. Mm, does one year of not traveling change our perspective of the world? Traveling slash traveling. Yeah. Talking about COVID lah. Mm. I mean, depends on how much of traveling you were doing before this. <laughs> <laughs> if you were not traveling before this, then it, I guess it won't make much of a difference to you. I think not having the the option to travel. Oh, you mean like even just like driving out and going to shops and visiting family and friends, is it? I took it I took it to mean like international travel. I so thought I so took it as that. Well, yeah, we didn't I mean I traveled okay lah. I think I, I I think I've traveled quite a bit. I don't travel much. Yeah. And uh has it changed my perspective? No. But I miss traveling a lot, of course. I miss uh seeing new countries. But no, I mean before I felt traveling was this amazing thing. Uh today I still think traveling is an amazing thing. Does it change your perspective? Well, I think it depends on how long you, you're in a particular place when you're traveling as well. Yeah. I think if you're just going spot to spot, the yeah. the level of impact is minimal actually. Yeah. And to be honest, I'm kind of against this culture of the more you do, the better, Yeah, you know, Man, the better I the experience. So I've traveled with people, yeah. just go to a place, take photo and ciao. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Man, I can never, that is the most annoying thing Yeah, yeah. for me. That's exactly what, what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like, the, the truth is you can actually take a, like for example, outside our, you know, our taman, just taking a walk and if you really immerse yourself in that experience, it can be as worthwhile as being uh, in a different country in yeah. a new setting. It just yeah. depends on how much you immerse yourself in the moment, right? Yeah, and actually, you know, on the flip side, I've traveled and just not been in a place of mind where I'm, where I'm truly treasuring everything mm. that I'm experiencing and it feels still kind of depressing mm. and meaningless. And so it's all about your state of mind, lah. Great. Next question. Greatest philosophers. Oh, I don't know many. You know a lot more than I. Yeah, I'm. I I'm an amateur. I amateurly read <laughs> philosophy, <laughs> so I know the names, but no, no much about yeah. the philosophy. <laughs> I have a basic understanding, but there are some good ones out there, lah. I really like um, Hellenistic uh, philosophy, like uh, your. Yeah. What's Hellenistic philosophy? It's like the like ancient Greek uh, philosophy. So you're talking about like your. Your Isn't there like so many schools within yeah, 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 yeah. Greek philosophy alone? Yeah, yeah. No, but if you talk about the Hellenistic schools, you're talking about like Helen of Troy, like Hellenistic. No, 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 no. no. It's it's a it's termed Hellenistic. But what do you mean is these different schools of philosophy that came about oh, during so the like Plato. Yeah. Um, correct, correct. That that period, lah. Yeah. Yeah. So you have like uh, Epicureans. Yeah. You have the Stoics, the Pythagoreans, the, the the Cynics. Yeah, Pythagoras is one of them. Yeah. I like them because, yeah, they mix with a lot of science. Mm. You know, there's one philosopher I can't remember his name. 
Ah, damn, I can't remember his name now. Shoot. But he's a really, really famous philosopher. But he actually kind of rationally philosophized the existence of the atom. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it starts I with a D, to... I think. Um, I can't remember. It's the French guy. Montaigne. No. No, not Montaigne. Oh, I, no, no, I no, no. I think no. therefore I am. No, no, no. Is that guy? No, 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 it's not. That's, uh, that's uh, Descartes. But it's not him. It's way before that. She's not Montaigne. I don't know why I said Montaigne. That's dumb. Mm. No, but there's one guy really, really back in the day. Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. it's crazy. Like, they have no understanding of science, right? No, but he basically said, when you cut everything, you, cut, 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 yeah, cut, you, you split everything, you must come to the smallest. You must come to the smallest. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. must come to something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, Hellenistic schools are pretty good. But if you want more like contemporary philosophy, um, even uh, uh, Camus, right? Yeah. You've read Camus. Yeah. Camus is a great philosopher, especially yeah. in these times talking about yeah. uh, existential philosophy, even though I don't think he liked to be called that. Yeah. So Camus is good. Uh, Kierkegaard is great. Yeah. Um, yeah. The existential philosophers are very inter- Nietzsche, Nietzsche, depending on how you want to pronounce it. Yeah. Uh, Immanuel Kant, if yeah. you are in- interested in ethics or morality. So yeah. There are a lot. There's a lot. Montaigne, if you're if you afraid of death, mm. Montaigne. Montaigne was a good, I think he was a French philosopher and uh, he, were, he was so afraid of dying. Mm. And then one day he turned out he fell in a horse accident. Uh, like a, Damn. Whatever lah. Or a horse crashed in him or whatever, something yeah. like that. And then he just realized how he didn't feel anything. Yeah. And then he realized there was actually nothing to feel about death. Yeah. Things yeah. like that. Lah. So there's some interesting things uh, like that. My favorite philosophers, I mean, like maybe non a lot of my favorite philosophers come from religion. Uh sadly or not. Sadly, but um, great philosopher Augustine. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. So the the greats of in in Christianity was definitely uh, uh, Augustine of Hippo and um, Thomas Aquinas. Thomas Aquinas. <laughs> I knew you'd get it. Uh, yeah, Thomas Aquinas. Aquinas. Um, I read both when I was in uni. Both really profound, profoundly changed kind of my view. Thomas of Aquinas. You didn't read Summa, right? I read Summa. You read Suma, yeah, the yeah, actual yeah. Suma. yeah, the actual document. I mean, I read a, br- a summary of it at first. Uh. A summary of the summary. Uh, but then I got the actual text. Yes, and you read it? Yeah. Could you understand it? Yeah. It's really well laid out. It's like, argument, argument, my rebuttal. Argument, argument, my rebuttal. Right. It's very well spelled out. I just love the format. Because yeah. it's so straightforward. Nice. Suma Theologica, if anybody wants to check it yeah, out. It's so, it th- translates directly to summary of theology. Yeah, yeah. Um, he attempts to do a bit too much. La. He goes kind of outside of his purview of faith. Yeah. Because uh, how do you summarize theology, right? Mm. But it's a very well, he, you know, he really tried to approach faith as rationally as he possibly could. Yeah. Uh, and I think he did a pretty good job. Nice. Yeah. Okay. How do you read more books in a time of digital content? I do not read digital content. Uh, yeah, me too. Yeah, I dislike it. I dislike iPad screens for books. Yeah, same. Uh, uh, I don't even... I, I've i heard that people have different experiences on Kindle. Yeah. But I just don't like the idea of Kindle. I got a Kindle. I mean, Brenda got me a Kindle for, for Christmas mm. or my birthday. One of them. Um, and it's great. Kindles are wonderful. Yeah, but I, I, I like the idea of buying books and keeping it. Yeah. You are a collector. I'm not. Mm. Um, you know, books for, serve a very practical purpose for me. Mm. And... Um, I don't intend to keep a lot of books. Hmm. I so, want to have a library one day. Yeah. I mean, the con- the idea of a library is nice. Hmm. I think. It's just... You know, you, you want to keep nice looking books. 
So yeah. I think that's worth keeping. I think it's because when I was younger, again, this is one of the weird things. I, I couldn't, we couldn't afford, books were a luxury. Yeah. Like fantasy fiction books were a luxury, right? Yeah. So I had to save money to buy yeah. books. Yeah. And so I always had to opt for the Ugly secondhand. You know, you no not not secondhand lah, but you couldn't get a hard copy. Yeah, 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 yeah. You always had to do paperback because it was so much cheaper. Yeah. And I think that has manifested now mm. when I want to buy books and I see hardcover, I always buy the hardcover. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, and that has become me like looking at books online to find beautiful yeah. uh hardback editions and yeah. yeah. No, you do have some really beautiful books. Yeah, yeah. But again, don't there are a lot of books that I like. I like, really want to buy, but it's just way too expensive. It's <laughs> <laughs> these books. Eh? Like, they have installment packages. And, like, it's crazy. <laughs> uh, but how do you read more? But this is a struggle for me as well because, yeah. I'm, you know, you work a lot and you're so tired and yeah. your work is reading so much. I'm sure for you, you're reading papers as well. And, yeah. you know, to read more, it can be a bit tiring. I mean, the most productive reading hours I have is when I'm in the forest just because there's so little distraction. Mm. And it is quite a nice... I do enjoy like reading non-science stuff just to balance it out a bit. Mm. But we, I've established what I like and what I don't like. So I don't, I don't read a lot of what I don't like, which is probably not good. I'm not good with fiction. Mm. So I don't read a lot of fiction actually. Mm. Um, um, maybe I should. But... I, I think reading more books, like find out what you like. Hmm. You, I mean, you know this about me. I actually was not a book person yeah, yeah. at all. Yeah. I mean, our, our parents never got me a book mm. because they knew that I did not read books yeah. at all. It was not my thing. Whereas you like devoured books <laughs> nonstop. <laughs> that was like your pastime. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, Harry Potter finished three days, two days, three days, two days. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> I only started reading the Harry Potter series in like from four, maybe yeah. from three. Uh, so I was really late in the game. But it was because I kept trying to read your books. Yeah. yeah. And I, it just didn't work for me. I didn't like it. And I find that I, I can't really do nonfiction. Yeah. The most I, I would really vibrate is to the biography. Yeah. But I'm trying to challenge. But for me, I'm going to say, yeah, I want to read nonfiction. Yeah. And so I'm trying to challenge myself to read nonfiction. But and I've been doing this for a few years now and now I have a set of books I've not finished yet. <laughs> but, and then recently, uh, uh, some uh, someone got me a, a fiction a novel, a Pachinko. Um, and so I actually hadn't read fiction in a while mm. and it's a thick book. <laughs> I finished it in like five days <laughs> and I just realized, yeah, I've been reading things that I don't really... It's not your... It's not what I like, like. yeah. yeah. And uh, but I'm still want I still want to read nonfiction. I think I want to train myself to do it. Yeah. Uh, but I am realizing that I should probably get back to f- fiction and fantasy as well. Yeah. Huh? However, the only fiction like I really devoured was Percy, Harry Potter lah. Percy Jackson. Percy Jackson, yeah. Percy Jackson was well written as well. It was these two books lah. Harry Potter definitely more. Like Harry Potter just glues you in, mm. and that just goes to the magic of J.K. Rowling lah. Yeah. It's just something about her writing that just. Hmm. Draws anyone who's reading in. And if you think about the hype that was around Harry Potter and she was writing it during the hype, yeah. the expectations were so high. Yeah, they were tremendous. And the speed at which she was writing. Yeah. Com- you look at George uh, Martin. Martin. Yeah. To be fair, his books are much denser. La. Yeah, yeah. But J.K. Rowling's books were not short. 
Yeah. Especially you're talking about the last three or four. Yeah, yeah. Which was the most in demand, right? Yeah. The fourth one onwards was the demand was insane. And they were big books. Yeah, they were very thick books. Yeah. And the speed at which she wrote, and she placated everyone. Yeah. Like the reviews were not bad, you know. Yeah. Some people felt like, okay, uh, why do you have to kill that person? Why do you have to kill that yeah. person? But generally, everyone was happy with the ending. Yeah. It's insane what she managed to accomplish. I mean, but beyond plot, anyone can argue plot, but mm. just can anyone argue how well she wrote it? Yeah. At the speech, she, yeah. she wrote it. It's just so well written. Mm. I mean, I met everyone I know who does not read books have had, has at least read Harry Potter. Mm. That's how easy it is to get yeah. through. It's just wonderful. Very good. Um, okay, what's next? Do personality tests like Myers-Briggs really define who we are? Mm. Do you have any thoughts? Um, I know the background of Myers-Briggs. Mm. And when I found out the background, I was like, oh, maybe we're paying a bit too much attention to this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Basically, Myers and Briggs were two housewives who found themselves with a lot oh, so of I time. think they were mother-daughter. Maybe. But they were women who had yeah. not a lot to do because their husbands went to the war. Mm. And they found themselves reading Carl Jung. Who is a very famous psychologist, philosopher, um, and Carl Jung published a whole bunch of uh, a whole bunch of writings about personality, and based on all of Jungian's ideas, they created this test. Mm. So, problem number one is that all of the Myers Briggs parameters are tested around Jung's published work. Yeah, so, sorry, I just yeah, I just googled it. Uh, they were mother-daughter. Mother-daughter. Catherine okay. Cook Briggs and her daughter Isabel Briggs. But Myers. they were… So, I'm guessing the daughter was already married. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Her husband was gone. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, problem number one is that Myers and Briggs both were not edu- actually educated academicians. Mm. They were not uh, researchers. So they, this was not their specialty. Mm. They read one book mm. read by uh, written by Carl Jung. And Carl Jung's a wonderful writer. La, so, he wrote a very comprehensive… Uh, thesis on personality and many books have been published from Carl Jung's work but Myers and Briggs developed this test based upon Carl Jung's work mm. so it's very narrow views on personality la. it's mm. based on and Carl Jung was published in the early na- 1900s yeah so he coined like extrovert and introvert yeah and uh, I but his conception of extroversion and introversion is completely different to it's our it's very the, just two yeah. Right. Whereas and now and, and even the, the comprehension of what extroversion and introversion is in his conception and ours is completely different. Yeah. Like now we talk about extroversion being uh, where you draw the most energy from. We talk about introversion about where you also draw. Sorry. You talk about extroversion being you drawing energy from people. Introversion you drawing energy from being by yourself. Yeah. But that's not what. Sorry. I I I pronounce the name as young, but people have different ways of pronouncing it. Yeah. Like, but that was not how young. Uh, uh, conceptualize extroversion and introversion, right? So it's completely different things. Mm. Yeah. Um, my my point is that uh, f- just from a taking the test aspect, there are few. It can be problematic. Number one, you don't know yourself to the answer, best. Yeah. When you answer. Two. Um, a lot of times you don't answer. You don't answer the truth. You don't answer is, you answer ought. Meaning, you answer as you expect. Yourself to act. Yeah. And not yeah. what you would really do. Yeah. Um, 
it can be more complicated if it's done in a, a company setting where you answer as you company. think your employer is going to um, uh, want mm. you to hear. Or even like if you're a student, right? Mm. You answer the question thinking about what would get you the best job. Mm. So the matrix can change drastically because of things like that. Mm. Um, but I think if you're alone by yourself, uh, it can be a helpful um, way to analyze your own personality. Lah. Yeah. The benefits of my MBTI is that there has been so much writing on it. And if you go to the website and you do the test and you check the like what they write about your personality type, you there's so much there's so much content out there that describes that personality. You can really, you know, read all of what they publish and say and see if it matches you lah. I mean, have an authentic kind of view. I mean, if they hit most of the boxes, they're like, wow, this is crazy. Like, for me, they got quite a lot right. Yeah, for me um, as well. So I was like, okay, maybe there is some truth to this. Because they write about how you react in situations. Um, in different situations in your life. Um, but if it if it's not hitting the mark and it sounds like someone else, you're reading someone else, then I, I think just ignore it. Yeah. For me, it was helpful because it helped put a label to what I was yeah. describing. Like, like for me, mine is ENFJ. Yeah. So ENFJs are generally like teachers or counselors, mm. or they are very charismatic and are passionate about communicating ideas and theories, which perfectly described who I was. But I had not. Yeah. The advocate, right? You're the advocate. Uh, no protagonist. Protagonist. Oh, right. I never seen myself described in a sentence and then to see that I'm like oh yeah that, that really is me though yeah I'm really that person and so that that also is helpful but like you said it's not uh, 100% right yeah and, uh, and but also the second thing to that is reading about the different personality aspects that they have identified can be helpful yeah like, do, are you more of a... Do you view the... How do you view the world? Do you mm. perceive? Do you judge? Or mm. Whatever lah, right? Mm. Mm. That can also be very helpful. Yeah. In in that sense. And there are different personality tests besides Myers-Briggs. Yeah, loads. Uh, the other famous one is uh, Big Five. Uh, but that's a... What do you call it? Um, taxonomy. Meaning mm. it's descriptive. Mm. That's even... Can be more subjective. But people just use words. Yeah. And then they like a giant lexicon of words people have used to describe themselves and then they, they boil it down to five. Wow. Five common words. So in that way, it's statistical yeah. and derived by evidence. Yeah. Because these are what the whole world and it's across cultures, across continents, right? Right. These are the words that people use to describe themselves and they boil it down to five main categories. Right. So, that could be one you could look at as well. There are different, yeah. different types. A lot. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's another one. Uh, when are we going to have a Russian fitness segment? I have an Instagram account called Russian Fitness <laughs> which was done as a parody. <laughs> but it, numbers have gone up. <laughs> yeah. I had 300 followers or something. Really? Yeah, it just, people you, just follow it. Don't you... Um, isn't the picture of you with a glass of beer or something? Uh, that's in the if you follow it then yeah, you'll right. see it like, right. it's mostly alcohol and food <laughs> <laughs> so when we have a fitness segment maybe one day who knows <laughs> who knows mm. okay let's see what's next um, 
<laughs> if you could go back to high school, what would you do? Ooh. I think I would pay more attention in class, man. That was all over the place. <laughs> no, high school was not academic for me. I would have liked to be more academic. It was academic. too easy for you, lah. That's the problem. No, lah. That's, that's taking it a bit too far. Dude, it was though. I didn't get like 9A pluses, so it couldn't have been too easy. Don't you feel like you didn't really study for your SPM? Yes, and that is a problem. <laughs> what did you get? Straight A's, right? <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> but I definitely did not cultivate... Uh, I also didn't study, but I didn't get straight A's. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't cultivate a habit of discipline. Yeah. That's one. Of uh, doing things really well. Because mm. I was trying to do too much. Mm. And if I could go back, I would just strip it down a little bit and just do things and just be excellent at whatever I did. Mm. Uh, I think I was was definitely lacking that. Mm. Yeah, that's a big one. I think for me, I think I would have just focused on my maths, man. (laughs) <laughs> my maths is so bad dude until now I still don't get like <laughs> how your maths results are so bad I dropped my admit. oh you mean I how know, before what? you dropped <laughs> it no no but a lot of people were failing to be fair yeah uh, but not only admit. I don't care about admits but just like basic arithmetic right yeah. like being able to calculate in your mind and yeah calculate like percentages yeah. fractions like history all doesn't really impact your life, but maths, the science also doesn't really impact your life. Mm. Not particularly, but... Yeah, it was in Form 6 when I really understood what math is about. Yeah. Like how it changes the way you think. Yeah. It's very powerful. Um, yeah, it is. Lah. Our education system lah, it needs to be. Yeah. I mean, math is one of the few things that is grounded in like... Objective unquestionable, truth. yeah, objective truth. You know where I first heard that? Where? Mean Girls, the movie. How? Because Lindsay Lohan's character is actually a geek when she first comes to the yeah, school. Yeah, yeah, Then she just, and she's a master at maths and then she, they ask why does she like maths so much and then she says that wherever you go around the world, there's a universal language of maths. Right. You know, wherever you go, you can yeah. communicate in this language because it's consistent around the world. It doesn't change. No, one plus one is always two wherever you are. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So Mean Girls. Insightful film. Mm. Next question. Um, so this is an interesting one. Um, <laughs> who is right? Okay, answered. Why was this podcast created? Or oh, I, I should have put this in the first category. Uh, but because this was a DM. Why was this podcast created? Is there a team behind it or a solo guy doing his thing? Ruma Roy looks too, you can't sit with us. Then she does a second message. Ruma, Ruma Roy looks too cool for me. Feels like if I if this was recess, I can't sit with you guys. Damn. <laughs> I didn't know if you gave out this vibe. Huh. <laughs> I mean, send her our address, man. I mean, I'm assuming it's a girl. Yeah, girl. Yeah, send her our address. We'll make her a cup of coffee. <laughs> Come chill with us. Yeah. yeah. Um, Okay, why did we create the podcast? Why did you create the why podcast? Why did I create the podcast? Your brainchild. Um, yeah, I mean, I've always... my I've always actually... Like when I was growing up, I listened to a lot of late night talk shows. And you still do? Yeah, and it's not only talk shows, but I, I listen to everything 
a lot of I listen to a lot of interviews. Spoken word lah. Yeah, I, I you know I used to listen to Inside the Actor Studio with James Lipton. He's just passed away. I listened to the Breakfast Club, just like you know long form like one hour, one and a half hours interviews. A uh, lot of late late night uh, talk shows. Uh, Craig Ferguson, mm. Steve Harvey. I used to watch a lot of Steve Harvey, a lot of his banter with crowds. I just mm. really love that. Brenda loves Steve Harvey. He's really good, lah. He's funny. He's, He's really super funny. funny. Uh, but I, I just like that skill of being able to interact with people mm. and being able to generate conversations and the banter and all those things that I'm not really good at, lah. Yeah. But I'm trying, lah. You know. Yeah. So. When podcast started, it was just a natural progression for me, mm. and uh, eventually, I mean, if you do listen to or do something, uh, if you listen or indulge in something enough, you also wonder, can I do it? And it's always had in the back of my mind, why don't I try? Yeah, and actually, that's a tough step for a lot of people to take. Yeah, because once you do it, then you finally have to meet the expectations of not only expectations, but you have to meet the reality of it failing or you not being good enough or people not wanting to listen and. Mm. That can be tragic, lah. Because once it ends, there's no starting again, mm, mm. and there's also fear of like embarrassment. Like mm. you know, people are judgy, and people do judge yeah, you. Yeah. Oh, this fellow trying to be superstar, lah. You yeah, know that yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. thing. Yeah. And then when it fails, people almost sometimes take a little bit of glee. Minority, lah. Most people are, are really supportive and have been really nice. But there are people out there, lah. You yeah. know, who who like they just hate us, lah. And and yeah. that's fine. Or skeptical to be yeah. a bit more fairer. So yeah, you have to deal with all that. Mm. So, but that was the kind of genesis, lah. Okay. Um, Next question was: um, Is it a solo or team thing? This is a team project. Mm. So we it's have become more of a team project with time. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it started off with just me and Jeremy. Uh, now Jeremy is like really busy. So, but it started off with me and Jeremy. Then it became me, Jeremy, and Jane. Jane does our sound, and then it became me, Jane, Jeremy, and Sharon. And Sharon does our social media and our videography, and uh, Jeremy got caught up with his stuff, so he he comes on and off. And Christian is our guest host now, and you know I'm not a part of the team. <laughs> <laughs> You're not in the WhatsApp group. But I'll be gone <laughs> as soon as I leave the state. <laughs> but yeah, it's a it's a team project, lah. And um, the next question is: uh, Are we too cool for people? Lepa, definitely not. We, I think we're really nerds. Yeah, honestly. I mean, my brother's really into this podcasting, but I really love having people over the house. Mm. Like, I genuinely enjoy having people over and chilling and talking. Yeah. Um, and I think our house, you know, we are generally quite a welcoming family. Yeah. I mean, I like my space. Yeah. So I'm not the kind of person where you, I would like it if you just came over anytime. Yeah. Because I need, I've if I plan for this to be a day for myself. Yeah. To just even if it's just me. Being in bed and watching YouTube videos—that's my my time, lah. Yeah, yeah. But I I generally enjoy when the I don't only enjoy the recording of the podcast, but I enjoy the, the chat after and yeah, the fellowship. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, after every recording, we always like just sit down, eat, uh, drink uh, tea or whatever, mm. have kueh or whatever, and I, I really really enjoy it. So I I do always look forward to seeing Jane and Sharon. Yeah. And even Jeremy. Yeah. 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 So yeah, if you were to come. You know, we would definitely be, <laughs> and and there has been a whole bunch of people come over during the podcast yeah. just to hang out. Yeah, there'd be random people. <laughs> there was one time we had you were not around, but that was the episode where Samantha, me, and Jeremy were drinking. Right. 
So and then Andre came. I saw Andre in the video. <laughs> yeah, and Andre came. Then Nicole came. <laughs> then uh, Samantha left. Uh, Jeremy left. Sharon, Jane eventually left. Sharon stayed. Eventually, friends came over and the night only ended at 6 in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Nicole just stayed over here. <laughs> uh, yeah, so things happen. So, yeah, we're chill. Okay. Next question. Let's see if I missed anything. I think we're done actually. Yeah. <clears throat> Wait on, let me see. Done. Done. Oh. Yeah. Um, why is Liverpool so much better than Manchester United? This is funny because traditionally, Christian is a Liverpool fan. I can't say anything about the club right now. And I am a Manchester United fan. But... I do. I feel like I've abandoned my fanhood. I don't know. I've abandoned it completely. <laughs> a long time. Yeah. I think we were only fans because <laughs> family. Family. We were not really into football. We didn't really like no. to watch. I like football. playing football. I enjoyed right. the sport. Yeah. Uh, I can enjoy watching it. Not like religiously, but it maybe. depends on who's playing and whether the game yeah. is good, lah. Yeah. It's just back and forth and yeah. too much going on. Boring. Yeah. Um, what yeah. sport do you enjoy watching? I think I can do. I I think if I would watch anything, I would watch badminton lah. Yeah, badminton is really fun. Tennis is also very nice. Yeah, but I think for me, I generally just don't like to watch badminton. I don't like to watch sports because of the nature of it just being repetitive. Yeah, like for me, I just feel like there's no end to it, and yeah. it's going to be thirty years down, and I'm going to still be watching a badminton match. And, yeah, you know. So, yeah. Yeah. um, I'd rather watch a series where I know there's a completion lah. Again, yeah. it's a personality thing lah. Yeah, right. And especially with games like football, where you can. End up zero zero. Yeah. For me, I find it really annoying, lah. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Feel like I get robbed from <laughs> satisfaction. Yeah. So. Yeah. What about you? What sport I like? Mm. Yeah, tennis. I enjoy tennis. Um, enjoy watching badminton every now and then. Um, yeah, that's about it actually. Mm. Um, there's another one here. Okay, there's two more. Two last ones. Mm. But this one is not really a... I just had an idea. Do do an episode where people can ask you any lawyer questions. Good way to gain some attention. Would be fun. But not sure if it may end up being more work than fun. <laughs> the problem with giving legal advice is that if you don't uh, put the proper caveats, you can actually get sued for, for negligence. <laughs> you know, you can get sued for giving wrong legal advice. Yeah. So, of course, you can put the, you know, the proper notices and warranties or whatever. Disclaimer, sorry. But like, um, I don't know. I don't think it's worth it. And I think I, it's I would nice rather, that you separate your job and this kind of passion project. Yeah. And I, I would rather, if anything, so I would rather discuss the more legal… Philosophical. Yeah, the philosophical implications of… A legal problem. Yeah, and the ethical questions behind yeah. it. That yeah. that would be more interesting to me, lah. But yeah. like you're asking me if you have a contractual dispute, what what should I do? And yeah. How do I safeguard my employment interests? I mean, could answer it, but like I feel like why it's boring. Yeah. You know? <laughs> pay me. <laughs> yeah, pay, pay me, friend. <laughs> can always send me a, a. I can send you a quotation. No problem. <laughs> uh, okay, last question. This one I don't know whether you can contribute though. It's a bit more geeky. Um, oh, is it a Star Wars one? Uh, it's a Justice League. 
Jeez, that's worse than Star Wars. It's from Abi. This is his second question, actually. Interested in hearing your thoughts on the Snyder Cut and how bad it will oh, be. God. Four hours is crazy. I don't even know what this is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So one crazy thing about Christian is that he sleeps in like almost every show you watch. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your attention I know, span. Yeah, no. It's because um, when I was from three, I had insomnia from studying late at night. Right. The only way I could deal with it was by watching a TV show. Okay. Uh, Why did you have insomnia? Because I studied up till my schedule was I start studying at eight, uh. and I normally finish about twelve or one. Mm. And because it was kind of late and past my bedtime, mm. my usual bedtime, by when I hit one, I just cannot go to sleep. Like my mm. mind's just like racing. So the only way I could go to sleep was to lie down and watch TV, mm-hmm. and it put me to sleep. Mm. And since then, I've been unable to stay awake. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but you don't like. I mean, not say don't like love, but you don't. That's not again one of the things that you're. You no, know, I don't love. find fulfillment from it, from TV or movies. Unless it's shows. a good show, lah, like really good show, really mm. good stuff. So yeah, anyway, the Snyder Cut is basically you know how bad Justice League was. Yeah. Uh, and so what happened was, um, uh, um, one of the reasons is because of the change in directors mid mid product. Mid, oh okay, mid yeah. Cut of, they, 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 that the first guy sucked and they decided to save it with the second guy. Yeah, so basically that that's it lah. Yeah. So now he's currently cutting. I heard that there were there were reshoots as well. And so people... Okay, first he started with a campaign. Release the Snyder Cut. Hashtag release the Snyder Cut. Snyder is the first director. First director. Okay. Right? And um, uh, Zack Snyder lah. Zack yeah. Snyder. And... Um, so people did this campaign and the actors started like voicing out support for the Snyder Cut. Da, 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 da. So now HBO Max is going to release it. Okay. It's so, a full movie. Yeah. So but… He made a whole movie. No. So he's using the existing footage. Because there were a lot of footage that was not used. Right. Okay, and you know okay. cut out. Right, right, right. So people are really banking on this cut going to be completely different from the, the movie. Okay. But you know… The footage is the footage lah. Yeah, yeah. You know, whatever that was shown in that first movie has to be… Some parts of it are going to be in this cut lah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Right? I mean, there are like really important parts in the yeah, first yeah. movie that you definitely can't cut away. Yeah. So it's more like using How the same cloth but yeah. trying to like cut a different uh, article of clothing lah yeah. almost. And so it's interesting lah to think about yeah. whether he can actually make a… Uh, so it's out? Is it- not, not out yet. Oh, right, it's right. been freaking… I don't know, one year, two years already. We've <laughs> been waiting for it. So now, it's four hours. Damn. Yeah. That's the amount of footage they had. Uh, yeah, extra footage you mean. La. Yeah, that wasn't used. Uh, yeah. So it could be he used a lot of the existing footage and he added on stuff. La. Yeah. Because there's no way he can cut a completely different movie. You would have shot it during the MC or during lockdown. So he like cut away scenes to like his children playing with figurines. You know? <laughs> I think it's Aquaman and Superman. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's the thing. They said there were reshoots. I don't know how much of reshoots ah. they did. I don't know. So, but… Like me, Jeremy and Samuel, when we discussed it, we kind of like laughed it off because people have so much of hope for the Snyder Cut. We're like, but it's the same footage. Just we question how much of a difference it can make, lah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, fair enough. It might be something phenomenal. I don't know, but I I would keep my hopes really low. Yeah, I'll keep my expectations really because low because the first movie was really so bad, and that's the existing footage. Yeah, right. And that's probably one of the better footages they had. I just say I don't know lah, but it's know. gonna be an interesting experiment, and 
Yeah, because it's never been done do. in film before, lah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's crazy. Remember, remember, we watched the pre the leaked version of Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> that was interesting. Yeah, that was a. Uh, The Wolverine, the origins, yeah, the origins Wolverine, yeah, the first origins that ever came out, yeah, for the X Men series. And so the Cheta Rompa version came out, and it was funny because it was like, like, uh, the pre post. Yeah, so it was like there was no post. The CGI was all like just lines. Yeah, and there was strings attached to the actors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so bad. <laughs> it was super bad, and um, that's the one where he was Deadpool. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Ryan Reynolds. He wasn't Deadpool. He was Deadpool in that. Deadpool movie. was in the movie, but. Ryan Reynolds was not Deadpool. Ryan Reynolds was Deadpool. Really? Yeah, yeah, he was. Oh. That's why in the recent Deadpool, Deadpool movies, yeah, they always make fun of that movie oh. because he was also Deadpool in that. <laughs> <laughs> but I got really twisted with Deadpool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this one also we are twisted. I like the different. new Deadpool. Yeah, it's fresh. It's fresh. So yeah, we've done all our questions, but um, what's our time check at? Two hours twenty-three. I mean, we can split this into two episodes. Yeah. Anything else we want to discuss before we wrap it up? No, kind of out of us. intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> What time is this? He's me. Two more minutes to midnight. <laughs> yeah, man. It's a bad idea. This is the latest. Mind you, ever done. we are recording this late because when we were supposed to record, <laughs> my brother was sleeping. <laughs> I took a nap, but that's also because yesterday we were playing Borderlands, and we oh, slept late, and I woke up early. That's something. Yeah, we are playing Borderlands now. Yeah, so we we're playing a PS three, uh, which is really really funny. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think I told my colleague the other day I was going back to play PlayStation with my brother. He was like, "Oh, what?" Then I was like, "PS 3 Then I was like, "PS 3 Then he was like, "You still you CD?" Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, lah, you CD." Then he started laughing. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But yeah, it's been fun, lah. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's nice. Fun. It's nice. Um, I I don't. I mean, we used to play PlayStation a lot. And we always talk about how the my mom used to keep away the PlayStation every end of the year. This is PS One, PS One, PS Two as well. Mm. Uh, and so there will be a ceremony on the last day of our exams. Mm. Um, it kind of com- commensurates <laughs> the start of the holiday. The start of the holiday commensurates the start of the holiday, and the box from the cupboard comes down, and we assemble the PlayStation, and yeah. then begins the binge. Of yeah. no sleep, no eat, no <laughs> toilet for the next two months. <laughs> But PlayStation and generated, generated, it all gets packed up and it goes to like highest closet up. Yeah, and so that's where our resilience comes from. <laughs> yeah, facing that uh, upheaval in our lives <laughs> every year. <laughs> This emotional stripping. Yeah, we couldn't even Monday to Friday was no TV days. Well. Really. Yeah, mm. Monday Fridays we couldn't watch TV. Yeah, but I think it was more for my benefit than yours, lah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and um, so PS3 came, but PS3 came in a time when we were kind of phasing out of the whole mm. video games era, ish. Yeah. But uh, it's nice to come back to it now and just do yeah. enough so, free time. PS3 came out. We got a PS3. We we're not really playing it much. Yeah. Then you i went off to uni yeah but then you kind of maintained it a little bit whenever little you came bit. back yeah i think cuz you were bored you didn't know what else to do yeah and there was something you generally enjoyed lah yeah especially like open world kind of games yeah right assassin's creed and yeah things like that gta mm. um yeah those were nice and so now we're playing borderlands yeah borderlands is good as well mm. it's fun shooting things mm. 
Uh, but we are at a level now that <laughs> <laughs> we are bad. We are collectively bad. We were, we were playing on boss, and then we just kept on dying and dying. So and the strategy dying. became <laughs> how to die most effectively. <laughs> yeah. So it will be you go into the arena. I'll just stay at the back and, and then cover. when you die, I'll go in, <laughs> and then we just rotate one after another. Because if we both die at the same time, the, the boss's boss li- life yeah. recharges. Yeah. So we just kept one guy at all times and we just take our time and kill him slowly. <laughs> slowly, slowly. Then after that, we went and collected new guns that dropped and we realized all the guns were one level higher than we could. We yeah. couldn't even use it because yeah. it's one level higher than where we were. Yeah. Realized like, okay, we're obviously not at a stage <laughs> where we should be playing this. <laughs> we need to go do some side missions. Yeah. Uh, yeah, anyway. It's been a good episode, man. Thanks for answering all these questions. No problem. And thank you everybody for the questions. We really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, there was some was a good, fun format. There was some good questions. Mm-hmm. I'm actually really liking this setup. So I think I always didn't want to do side to side because I felt I couldn't have that connection with the person I'm talking to. Yeah. But I think like this is fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, and I mean, normally you have like four or five cameras and… Yeah, actually if if it's just two people, we just do one camera setup like this. It's, f- it's more than enough. I guess so. We'll see how the footage comes out. Yeah, we should check it out. Anyway… Thank you so much uh, for coming on. Uh, thank you everyone for listening. You're listening to the Roma Roy podcast. You've been Bring in the Roma Roy podcast. Wait, we didn't finish the rap. Oh, we should just do the chorus. People killing, people dying. Children hurting, you hear them crying. Can you practice what you preach? Would you turn the other cheek? Father, 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 help us send some guidance from above. People got me, got me questioning. Where is the love? Where's the love? Where's the love? Where's the love? The love, the love. Stay healthy, stay safe, stay good, and we are done.